Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where it's a nice night for a walk. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my co-host Douglas. How are you, Douglas? Possible response. Fine. Yes. No. Doing well. Please come back later. Fuck you, asshole. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> this, is, this is your... Jesus Christ. <laughs> If this is your first time uh, tuning into 250, we've taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020, and we've begun watching them from number 250 all the way through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie is number 243, The Terminator. Sarah Connor is living a quiet life as a waitress when she is attacked by a cyborg killer sent through time from the dystopian future. Assisted by a soldier from that same future, she must survive at all costs. Terminator uh, is written and directed by James Cameron as well as uh, written by Gail Ann Hurd. And this was kind of the film that put him on the map, I think. Yeah, this is one of James Cameron's early works. Yeah. Uh, Well, is it his first work? No, surely not. No, 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 no. No way. But The Terminator... But this is the one that put him on the map in Hollywood. Oh, shit. I think it's... No, no, hold on. Oh, no. Okay, writing credits, uh, director. It is... He did Piranha 2, The Spawning. What the hell is that? Yeah, and and Exogenesis, which is a short, doesn't count. Oh, God, it's got a 15 (laughs) on Oh, this is like, um, there's films where it's like technically a horror film, but it's just got lots of like titties in it and stuff. Oh, super like B movie. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The budget was $145,000. Hell yes. Oh, I kind of want to watch that. All right. Anyway. Uh, yes. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Put that up. Put that on the snubs. That, that's all we need to see on the top 250. <laughs> how'd you, uh, how'd you like the Terminator, Douglas? Uh, hot take. Mm-hmm. Didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it does what it needs to do and it kind of gets the hell out. It it really sets up the Terminator as a franchise very well, even though I'm sure it was probably unintendedly not setting, the it, yeah, yeah. Uh, setting itself up for a franchise. It kind of lays out a lot of things on the table that then there is more room for, I don't know, uh, exploration within that universe. But... Just, I don't know, it kind of, there are moments where it really hits me and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But then there are a lot of moments where I'm like, ah, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I think it's um, it's got a lot of value as uh, it's world building I like a lot. It's kind of something you take for granted What with the, what, like six or seven fucking Terminator sequels we now yeah. have. Mm. But back in 84, like this concept of the, you know, modern day intersecting with this like crazy dystopian future like 40 years in the future that's like super neat yeah now it's it's kind of it's kind of tough to do all this stuff because you know this is a problem with all the older films but i think that's just a really slick straightforward kind of concept so it was very interesting it was creative for the time right like it was yeah most movies weren't dealing with uh you know dystopian future someone going back in time robots yada yada that wasn't a thing that was yeah. common in the 80s i don't think so yeah um question mark. it's also it's also yeah it, it's it's kind of tough i was talking about this before uh before we started recording that it's hard to look at the terminator completely separate from the new ones which are these crazy stupid insane sci-fi action flicks 
Uh, my yeah. first Terminator film was Salvation. Ah, oh, uh, okay. Bit of a different film to a <laughs> bit of a different feel to this one, <laughs> because that one's set entirely in the future and it's uh, oh. like just all about like warfare and stuff. Right. Whereas um, this film has a lot of very cool elements to it. I'm, I mean, for me, this was just a slasher film. Yeah, like. This is literally a, a sci-fi slasher film. For for those unaware, a slasher film is like a subgenre of horror films, where it's basically it revolves around a murderer uh, just killing a group of people, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Normally with like a bladed tool or something like that. Um, so I don't know. Hence the term slasher stuff that comes to mind, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, that kind of jazz. It was same time as well. Terminator is 1984. I know for a fact that Nightmare on Elm Street is also 1984. Uh, uh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was 10 years prior, 1974. So it's, yeah, for me, it just, it really had that vibe of this unstoppable, unrelenting killer just coming after it this is, one it person. It is very... It's it's a cool way to frame it where you have a lot of those slasher films have... It's just a guy. Mm. It's just a crazy... Dude. Like, a lot of them yeah. are, like, really big. But this dude's a fucking... He gets he's hit a, by a truck. Yeah, he's a goddamn tank. You know, they just fill him full of, like, shotgun shots. And mm. he's just... Uh, I, I'm just going to have a nap for 15 seconds and then get up again. Yeah. Like, that. that's for... It's, it's, it is very much still reminiscent of a slasher film. But what slasher films have action like this you know yes have, yeah yeah have very intriguing kind of backstory there's more of everything. a focus on yeah the action than there would be in a slasher film most definitely but there were yeah. uh yeah just moments in there where i was like whoa this feels a bit halloweeny <laughs> <laughs> um it's quite cool in terms of just special effects and stuff yeah absolutely practical is- effects were crazy like There are bits where you're like, wow, well, that's a fucking cardboard box (laughs) or whatever. But it's obviously, you know, with the eye that we have now. Yeah, how we have that. We've seen so much CGI and stuff now and we've got that different context in our current climate of film. It's much easier Mm. to pick up the things that are bullshit. But and I feel like probably even back then, it probably would have been easy to go. Yeah, that's bullshit. But. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't detract from the film in any way for me. A lot, I yeah. actually was like, wow, that's actually a genuinely clever way of doing something in that time period. There, it's it's tough because I don't want to go into uh, in depth without going no, spoilers. No, 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 just just giving like a film going like, oh, it doesn't really hold up now, but it was good then. Yeah, kind of seems, it seems disingenuous, doesn't it? Seems dismissive mm, or whatever, mm. but. Uh, you know, it's yeah. There's bits that hold up pretty well, and there, yeah. Ah, I don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, there are bits that do good, good, and there are bits that like are kind of like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I kind of feel about this movie for sure. But still very enjoyable. Absolutely. Good time. Good romp. Arnie doing his best. This this kind of got him on the map. Well, quote unquote, he does his best in uh, 
uh, sorry, not quote unquote, allegedly, he does his best in Terminator Two. Right, right, right. Uh, this is my first Terminator film. I should also say that's right. He was doing he was doing Conan's before. Correct. This. Uh, James Cameron picked him up in Conan and uh, went, "Ooh, you're all right." And then yeah, yeah, they are uh, they actually pushed the Terminator back because he was still filming for the second mm-hmm. Conan film, I believe. Mm-hmm. They really wanted yeah. Arnie, mm, which like it was a good choice. Absolutely, we got. I I. I assume that you have a lot of trivia about the casting and stuff because I have a bunch of it. Yeah, yeah. If I don't, you can fill in the gaps. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite interesting how it all kind of came together. Mm. Before this, Arnie had always been in your kind of regular, um, like, hero roles. And he's very much not that in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's... But it works. It works really well. He's kind of a funny-shaped man. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. He's got some odd proportions, doesn't he? Mm. <laughs> that shot. I don't think it's a spoiler, that shot right at the start where he's standing up on the like the observatory or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his just shoulders are just like... His torso is like a diamond shape. Yeah, yeah. The first note I wrote down in my notebook is, Holy mother of pecs and ass." <laughs> Just wow. Yep, yep. I have Arnold's fucking shoulders is <laughs> number five. <laughs> it was yeah, it's 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 really, really cool. Mm. I I yeah, I did have a lot of stuff to pick out of it. And I, I think that's kind of just a bit of an unfortunate effect of it being a film that's heavily re- like reliant on special effects yeah. and that is a yeah. bit old. We now have this problem with like Paris Texas or whatever because there's no special effects in it, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, it's it's not, not a film that like relies that. on its special effects. Well, not to say that this film does rely on its special effects to be good, but there is an element of special effects that relate to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, would you recommend our viewers watch this film? Uh, well, yeah, as I said, this is my first Terminator film, and I was completely under the preconception that the Terminator was the good guy, so imagine my surprise when I come into oh, this Oh, really? Film, <laughs> uh, and uh, just start seeing Arnie going fucking ham. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, I, yeah, I had a good romp with this film. It's not... I would probably have liked to have seen something else in its place in the 250. Four, four, four out of five stars, Rendon. Yeah, by. yeah. Probably a nice four if I were to, if I were to give it a grading. Uh, we don't normally do gradings here on the 250, but... We're both incapable of counting yeah, to five, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> That's why we have a binary system, because I do know that it's between zero and one. Yeah. Uh, what about good, you? Good or bad. What about you, Jonathan? <laughs> I think I'm about the same. It is still... A very fun film, especially if you're going to watch Terminator 2. I assume it's worth obviously punching this one mm, out first, checking out where it all started. Yes, yeah, but we're not going to get to Terminator 2 for a fucking while, man. No, we're not. Terminator 2 is number 38, so <laughs> fucking stay tuned two years later for when we watch the sequel. <laughs> uh, yikes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I still think it was kind of fun. It has its issues, but you know what? There are worse films out there. Absolutely. Spoiler time. Uh, if you listen past this point without watching the film, I will go to your house and uh, put treats into your backyard and befriend your dog over a long period of time. And then uh, I'm going to take your dog and it can live with me. And <laughs> then I have your dog. Play the horns. <laughs> Spoiler time. Yeah. Let's go. I think the thing that... We'll just go straight back to the special effects. <laughs> There's so much stuff with, like, the opening shot has stop motion in it with the... Um, I forgot what the helicopters are called. That was my that was my first... Note. Kind of thing that I picked out. Oh, right. But it's just those little things that kind of stick out. And you don't really notice a lot of the other much more competently done special effects. So, like, do you remember that first scene where... 
there's like all the skulls on the ground and then like the tank treads Rolls over like drive it. over yeah. those are all minis except for like one or two skulls in the foreground and wow you- can't really pick yeah, that. Yeah, that's fucking really good then. I thought that was, yeah, proper size. The stuff that really sticks out is always... It's 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 just the stop motion and the rubber prosthetics, of which there are a couple. <laughs> There's the, yes, yeah. How'd you feel about the, the, the rubber Arnie. Terminator head? <laughs> oh, God. The, the first time it, it hit me, when he's in the mirror and he's fucking with his eye... And it just... I mean, fuck that scene, by the yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. But then it, like, it snaps, like, just cut to fucking puppet Arnie. Yeah. And I was like, wait, <laughs> that's not Arnold. <laughs> they are doing their best to hide it. And oh, the absolutely. transitions between the two are pretty smooth. Mm. But mm. it's it's very funny. I found it very, it's like... oddly charming. It's, it, <laughs> Kyle Reese literally says, oh... The old version Terminators uh, had rubber skin and you could pick them from a mile yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> that sounds reminiscent yeah, of something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just back at the beginning, the, the the second note that I had was on-screen exposition. Yes, yes. Written exposition. That shit pisses me off so goddamn much. That is very rough. I hate it. I don't like it when Star Wars does it. This was like... The credit roll thing? Oh, yeah, hate it. At least there's a bit of charm with Star Wars because it's like there's the music and the scroll and it's in space and stuff. This is just like a tiny bit of action happens and then then a block of text and then fucking opening credits. And I'm like, whoop-de-doo. Apparently one of the late, like the newer versions of the film takes the text out and I think it's spoken by someone. Which is much better. (laughs) But the hardcore fans of the film were like, no, (laughs) don't like it. I'll fucking cry me a river. (laughs) There's like a lot of stuff with this. Where the other one is that because because it's, it's a tiny budget. What's the budget again? Uh, I'll look it up. Six six mil. Which you compare it. Six mil. Uh, oh yeah, six point four million. Uh, Terminator Two had. Uh, all right, I want you to try and guess Terminator Two's budget. Terminator Two. When did it come out? Nineteen ninety one, didn't it? It's a lot more. Okay, like fifty million. A hundred million dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> so comparatively, you're like Jesus. All right, okay. And that explains a lot of stuff. As an sure. effect, um, the the whole thing was recorded in mono, and and then it got redubbed at some point for the I believe the Blu-ray release for stereo um, in stereo. Right. And and you know, once again, hardcore fans got really fucking snippy about that but there's so many goofy like foley bits and stuff yeah yeah there's a bit towards the end where they're having that car chase where arnie's on the bike and the truck flips and they put in that foley of sarah connor screaming twice back to back oh really i didn't pick that it's the exact same sound effect (gasps) of her going ah and it's like it's like ah in one shot and then the car the truck flips and then again she's like ah and i'm like what you can't do that. I guess I, I guess I haven't really been looking for something like listening for something Ugh, like that. Oh god, that's that's not something I expect. When but I, I, like... I do you watch these movies with headphones or without? Uh, headphones, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, it, it's bleeding obvious in headphones. Yeah, it was so jarring for me. I was just like, wait, a second. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this body sounds a yeah. bit familiar. <laughs> Two seconds later. Yeah, that bit that bit got me. And just some of the other bits where like it seemed the sound seems incorrect with what is happening on screen. So the camera is far away from someone and they're running, but you hear them panting like 
<laughs> like they're like right up alongside the the microphone. Yeah, right. And the placing of the camera to where the character is and the sound, it all does it didn't gel in my brain. Right. And those bits kind of stopped me from fully getting on board with a lot of the the film. I I guess it's there's a lot of it that just seems very like a side effect of it being quite cheaply made. Oh, for sure. Now that I know that, goddamn. It was James Cameron's second film. Yeah, yeah. Besides that one short. The fucking piranha. And when you yeah, when you frame it like that, you're like, huh, yeah. okay, that's like a, that's a fucking good fucking job. hardcore 180 on your career. Yeah, he did a right for that. Um so yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's I, I just don't want to like be giving it the, you know, you should assess a film for what it is mm. separate to like, you know, oh, they had a hard time making it like I don't know. I don't know how you how you kind of get your head around that. This is, oh, this is such a hard movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you had just like a student film or something that's like very high quality, but obviously it's going to be less quality than a full production, but you're still like, okay, well, you know, they worked within their limitations and stuff. So For sure. Considering that, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff. It's just those... <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff that's like, well... Occasional little tidbit. Yeah. yeah. Um, another kind of side effect of that low budget was the music. Yes. Good old Brad Fiedel. Which was... Fidel? Yeah, Fidel? it Fidel? was... Fidel? Fidel. I, I, Fidel. Don't know, I don't know. It was... The music was all made in front... Like, the dude just sat in front of the film with a bunch of synths and... Just smashed it out. Just, yeah, just knocked it all out. And wow. he, like, he didn't even have any assistance. So, when he had to swap between different synths and, and, like, systems and stuff, he had to do it manually in the middle of the scene. Jesus. Which is, like... Wow. When you put it like that, you're like, shit, all right. And it's... Uh, it's so weird because it is very goofy yeah, in some Yeah, yeah. The, the bit where... Uh, who is it? Reese, when he first arrived in uh you know the 1980s or whatever mm. and he's running from the cops yeah and there's that weird discordant running theme that occasionally plays whenever the characters are running it's odd it's jarring but it kind of it for me i wrote down the note it's it's appropriate yeah in how discordant and panicked and manic it feels yeah yeah, yeah. oddly enough and you you just get like these really odd like hypersynthy it just screams 80s. Yeah, And yeah. from, like, a nostalgia point of view, you're like, oh, shit, this is kind of fucking awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. this is not the intention for it to be, like, this thing that, like, calls nostalgia. But that was... That really got me from the start, especially with, like, the like the future scenes all have this kind of really... Oppressive. Weird yeah. <laughs> sci-fi music, mm. which did kind of pull together. It was... Ah, it's tough. It's just so tough. Mm. That's so this whole weird. movie, though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of consistent the whole way through. Pros where, and cons. Pros and cons. I guess leading back to special effects, mm. yeah, we've got our, our rubber head. We've got... <laughs> Rubberani. <laughs> so we've got our, we've got our like, stop motion. I was just thinking, like, if you're in... It's, if it's 84 mm. and you're, like... There's the scene with, like, the burning Terminator and then the, the endoskeleton, like, gets up out of that. You'd be like... Fuck! Oh, sure. <laughs> that yeah. would that would blow your mind, surely. Absolutely. So I did. I did find that kind of cool. Yeah. And it's got once again. It's got this charm to it, and it's almost like there's that effect with the original Alien film. Everyone says the best way to watch Alien is on VHS because 
it's such a, it's just like a product of its time, I guess. There's this, it's this medium that is inherently just full of like artifacts and weird shit. Mm. And that just makes it- All the more a part of the experience. More, more scary, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. th- like black darkness is not as scary as like, the camera's like not making it out properly. So there could be anything in here. Yeah. That, that's, and I feel like this kind of has a similar effect. It's yeah. Mm. The- the product of its time type deal for sure and and you know the prosthetics they work a lot like the hand prosthetic works pretty fucking good where he's like fucking with the pistons to like make his fingers move and stuff yeah it's just that head (laughs) yeah yeah just that head is so fucking bizarre James Cameron also directed Aliens, didn't he? The the plural, the sec uh, the second Alien. Uh, yes, Aliens eighty six. Oh wow. Okay. Oh shit. And that has that has what's his name Kyle Reese in it as well. Who's the actor? Michael Bean. Michael Bay B N. Michael Bayen. Bayen. Bean. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Bayen. Um. Yeah, it's got him in it too. So I get the feeling that. Terminator, it kind of... There's a lot of horror elements in Terminator. Right. And then it almost feels like James Cameron goes, oh, I can actually kind of do horror. And then he translates things that couldn't fit into Terminator and just whacks them into aliens. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fuck, I love Alien, man. Oh, I cannot wait till we get to those movies. It's going to be... How soon is Alien? So good. Not for a long time. It's number 50 or some shit. Um, okay, fuck. Uh, half of this podcast series is just going to be us anticipating other movies that are <laughs> coming up on the list. Uh, no, it's... Uh, yeah, it feels like there's little horror ideas that James Cameron adds into this and then goes, oh, yeah, and then proceeds to toy with them further in his other films. But he doesn't really have loads of work as, like... How many of these are like horror films? If we're talking like his current filmography, just like just like his whole thing, it's very weird. His whole filmography. Well, I mean, we're going to be watching Avatar for the next fucking fifteen years or whatever. So get ready to. I for one am so excited. Get ready to give all your money over to James Cameron. Every every two years we get a new fucking oh, Avatar. Holy shit! Snack me, it's man. Be so fucking good. It's gonna be so fucking oh, good. One was enough. <laughs> I don't even like Avatar that much, but we get five. Walk away with the money, you greedy bastard. (laughs) No, this is his creative baby. Won three Oscars for that shit. Just fucking step away. (laughs) I didn't even realize he hadn't. God, we're getting so fucking lost. Sorry. Uh, The last one that he uh, directed was Terminator. The last Terminator he directed. Yeah, yeah. He only wrote for three. Oh, so I think he wrote most of the rest of them, but he didn't direct them. Well, that probably explains why the franchise started heading downhill. Are there any other ter- good Terminator movies in the franchise? Apparently three is... Okay. Like, fine. Two two is obviously very good. What's three? That's Rise of the... Rise of the Machines, yeah. Um, I think it's a bit more schlocky. Right. But the, the thing that kind of sets us apart from a lot of films, uh, not the thing, a thing... Um, that I made note of is that everything's very grounded. Um, you like, you watch like I, I I mean I haven't watched the films, but you watch clips from like you know Dark Fate that came out pretty recently. It's just like stupid fucking like 
action shit, just insane sure. schlocky nonsense. Yeah. Um, with like, uh, what's her name? Fucking Sarah's original actor, just like doing things that like she's like sixty now, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh wait, no, she was born in fuck. Okay, she's like seventy. Oh 70. my god. Oh, she's sixty five. Oh, okay. Uh, doing stuff like jumping off a shit, and it's like, no, nah, that would just break your fucking yeah, legs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in real life, um, whereas this is like really not that much crazy stuff happens. Like the only source of really unrealistic shit is um the terminator for sure and you kind of like you know you can kind of like that's fine with this kind of character he's mm. a massive robot dude mm. so i i appreciated that a lot yeah it's a neat little blend of realism and sci-fi hmm yeah um it's grounded as you said that's that's the best uh-huh. one that, that is what i said <laughs> Thanks for following along, Douglas. I listen to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I contribute to conversation. Um. It makes the it makes the characters feel very real, and it lets you really get invested in the whole stakes of the situation. You know, for sure. There's especially Kyle Reese. He's just a guy. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's just a soldier. He's he's got like a good tolerance to pain and stuff, but he's not super powered or anything the only you know leg up he has on the terminator is that he knows he's there that's it besides that he's gonna try and kill this dude with pipe bombs yeah old timey weapons basically yeah it's it which oh it's it really once again amps up that kind of horror theme of it where your your characters don't have some out they've got to be ingenious to to kind of work their way through this. To stop something that is, quote-unquote, indestructible, yeah. The, I guess, talking about action, mm-hmm. um, this film actually did something else that I really liked, which is, you know, we have our horrendous exposition right at the start <laughs> with the text crawl. <laughs> just just miserable. But during the film, they, when Kyle is explaining this world, he is doing it during action. So there's that first big escape scene where they're in the car and they're driving along and Kyle is explaining it and it's still you've kind of got two things working at the same time it lets you absorb this you know still very interesting world building concept um, and kind of place everything uh, without just being people talking to each other there's still you know fucking the heartbeat action going on around you and then um you he does the rest of the exhibition while they're when he's in the, in the car garage. yeah and they're hiding from the cops yeah which still keeps that yeah i was gonna say that still keeps that level of tension yeah i think that we need more not shitty exposition yeah, yeah. i thought that was really really mm. cool and it's quite a smart way for him to run it especially like fuck james cameron like the exposition that happens in like <sighs> avatar is pretty fucking miserable yeah. it's just like man talking to camera or man talking to other man it's nothing quite this yeah. quite this exciting mm. uh so i gave that big props i thought that was a very very clever way that they kind of panned out fuck man we're gonna become such assholes from doing this podcast we're just we're already becoming film wankers yeah we're gonna be that one kid that did english studies for a semester and then be like oh yeah i i, I reviewed <laughs> Macbeth and said it was cool oh <laughs> suck my dick uh, it unfortunately kind of drops off again because they do have... I don't know. How did you feel about that scene where they're hiding in the... I think it's under, under a bridge. Under a bridge, or yeah. Like a, 
It kind of... A lot of people praise this film for its pacing. And for me, pacing is hit and miss. It starts off slow. It's a real slow burner when they're, you know, both coming back into the past and everything. And, uh, well, I mean, Schwarzenegger sets right off on the hunt, you know, he's immediately after all the Sarah Connors and just going through the phone book and killing all of them to make sure. I do love that. I do think that's That's a cool concept. But, (laughs) I don't know, just actually getting right into the meat of it, it felt like it took its time, and then when you do get into something, there's that lapse, and I know it needs to have that, because you need that moment for the audience to kind of chill out. But, ugh, yeah, I don't know. It's maybe uh, better suited as, like, a horror... Sure. ...kind of pacing. You... I, it's it's very much that opening bit is kind of placing yourself and just tension from I I love the phone book because it's the whole ticking time bomb thing yeah of he's gonna hit Sarah Connor eventually Such a weird out there way um, he's getting mm. through all the Sarah Connors mm. until the the one we actually care about mm. sorry Sarah Connor one and two but uh, yeah not interested imagine, don't give imagine a fuck. actually being called Sarah Connor when this movie came out. How fucking terrified would you be you for, fuck yeah, out. like the next few years? You have your husband constantly <laughs> going, I'll be back. <laughs> You're like, fuck you, Jeffrey. You divorce him and get the kids. Um- <laughs> Something else that kind of got me. I, I don't know if you've talked about this before, but I normally despise sex scenes in film. I find them just uncomfortable and generally just unnecessary they're like literally there just to be like here's some titties to put on <laughs> sure yeah the screen yeah. or whatever and you can do it well but it's best when it's brief and hinted at instead of just showing you like like i want just like the the whole i it, it's like very cliched but i much prefer the whole thing where it's just like a hand sliding down like someone's rib cage yeah and then like some noises and then you're like cut to black or like cut to the next day or something right like i much prefer that for some reason this one didn't do that to me it's actually it's what it's probably like a minute long sex scene yeah you, you get to see her boobles you do get to see some boobs. That was very cool. I'm a <laughs> ten big out fan of ten. Of <laughs> Linda Hamilton's ten out of ten. boobs. Thanks for tuning in to the True Viper. <laughs> <laughs> Change my mind. Full one hundred percent. Five out of five. A plus. <laughs> Linda Hamilton's boobs saved the film. <laughs> Completely turned off until then. <laughs> <laughs> the the music during that was probably one of the better tracks in the film it's so reason. 80s like I've, i the note that i wrote down was that it's just the biggies biggest 80s romance scene biggies <laughs> yeah um it's just so everything about it screams 80s all of the cuts was that all the, the fades was that the second where you were just like ah like how soon before that did you work out that they that were Carl gonna point oh, fucking John like dad. as soon as they were sitting under the bridge and he like he had when she was waking right. up and he she was like laying on his lap and shit i was like okay he's the dad like fucking yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna um, boink? put the pee pee in her make john <laughs> <laughs> Jesus god i'm like at a 10 right now and i need to dial it back to like a what is wrong with me that was that was i don't know i'm it didn't feel as egregious as they normally do maybe it's just because there was no moaning maybe that's what normally puts me off i don't know it i like that or at least yeah 
or at least yeah it was tasteful mm. that's the best mm-hmm. way to put it 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 didn't put me off and they normally do like 90 percent of the time i'm like it's it's like the it's like our extended fight scene conversation i'm like get to the point yeah, i understand the yeah. theme i understand the theme you're pushing here they love each other i that's get your- it I That's a big thing, isn't it? You like fight scenes. Let's do something else. <laughs> fight scenes that have meaning. I just like just let's further the characters or the For plot. sure. You don't like things that are let's, nonsensical. Let's not linger too far. I have there are places I can go if I want to look at titties, okay? Like the world's a big place. Not in 1984. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good point. <laughs> you want to look at some boobles? You go, uh, Mum, can I have five dollars to go see the Terminator again? <laughs> well, actually, that this film was fucking R when it was released. So Yeah. Which I guess I can kinda of get with the whole uh, dude cutting his own God. eyeball out situation. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a little off putting for uh you know, you're and then cutting open his arm and yeah. You're twelve, you come back from you're coming back from bloody school and you're like, Ah, oh, I'm gonna go watch a cool action film with my dad and then this dude's like, I'm just gonna cut my eyeball out, is that right? Yeah. And then you're like, Dad, I'm gonna do what the terminator <laughs> did and he's got like the butter knife and that's like, No Dad <laughs> 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 um, there's there's some stuff that was done. It's the pacing is an issue. I think I think potentially the pacing is like one of the things that kind of the, killed it the most for me. Yeah, but yeah. On one hand, it's like partly, very clearly, this was James Cameron's like first real film, and mm. that's stuff that you kind of just get better at with time, optimistically. And it's also totally. partly you can kind of see where he was going with that. It's like this is sort of a horror film and you've got to let this stuff breathe at the start so you can really build the tension up because I think I think if you push to the the bits where you know it's all action scenes and stuff I feel like I don't know if it would be better or worse but it would definitely be it would feel very different odd yeah it would just feel like a normal sci-fi like action and I there might not be the same stakes if you don't really give it that first half hour to really amp up Get you in mm. the get you in that that frightened mood, <laughs> the tension mood. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Just across the board for me, a lot of the acting felt a bit wooden at times as well. Right. What? What was this? Just delivery of lines. Was this Arnie? <laughs> no, not Arnie. I mean, like Arnie, completely fair cop. He's a fucking robot. So, like, of course, his line delivery is going to be uh, monotonous, <coughs> robotic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really, I, I saw what he was doing, but I didn't like that bit near the end where they're in the factory and Sarah's like, get on your feet, soldier. And I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're yeah. trying to do, James. It's not working. That is <laughs> not buying it, baby. And, yeah. and there's that whole, I think it's once again, just kind of a side effect of the, this being an early film of his where he's trying to push this concept that like she's just a normal lady and throughout the events of the film it transitions to her to, into a like a hardened yeah fucking being a badass yeah. by the end of the film with a dog and everything and that's how you really know you've you're a cool guy you got the dog you're a cool guy you got the dog and the sh- and the fucking aviators and the short hair the jeep um <laughs> the jeep she ah oh, that like <laughs> That last bit was pretty fucking cringy. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was slow key kind of metal, but then also cringy. Yeah, the epilogue the is time. like you're trying too hard right now. Where, where he's like, he says there's a storm coming, and she's like, I know, and I'm like, I know. <sighs> you're going so yeah. well. 
You're doing so well. I did like it how he took the photo and then the photo was the Polaroid that Kyle yeah, has. Sure. I thought that was yeah. quite cute. Yeah. yeah. And it explains why it's like this beat up Polaroid. That's that's kind of a fun yeah. loop back. I thought that was pretty nice. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I it it feels like it was sequel bait, actually. For sure. Which is not normally something you see in a a second real a B grade film. Yeah, yeah. A fucking yeah. six million dollar like this dude's first major like production. Proper Hollywood film, quote unquote. Um it, the bit you know, I mean, obviously we can't talk about Terminator without talking about I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't realise that that line had so much comedic weight to it. There let's talk about the comedy because for sure there's some stuff that is highly unintentionally hilarious incredibly funny yeah i'm just gonna skim my notebook you keep saying what you're saying because i've got a bunch of yeah this. D- just the way he comes in with the fucking sunnies he's rip as fuck and he's looking the thing up and down and he's like i need to speak to sierra Connor <laughs> <laughs> doing all that shit and then he looks the place up and down and he's like, I'll be back. I was like, oh. Because that is the line that why... you know even if you don't know the film. Exactly, yeah. But... <laughs> you, pretty much everyone knows that line and Arnie's I'll be back. But I never knew the context of what it sat in. So then when I saw that and then him just fucking come careering through the front door in the fucking car, I was like, Hell yeah! Now I get why everyone likes this line. <laughs> <laughs> there's the um, there's the bit where they're at the precinct, and one of the the police officers says to the head, he's like, he's like, how do I look? And he goes, like shit, boss. And he goes, your mama. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the, what is going there's some weird little bits like that where he's like, those two cops again, and. He's like, I need a cigarette. And he's already got a cigarette in his hand. And then he gets a cigarette pack and he looks at it and he's like, oh. And he puts it down and just goes back to smoking his cigarette. And I'm like, (laughs) was that a mismatch in props? Like, what happened? (laughs) It's the the fucking, your opening, the overlay (laughs) where he's in the apartment. Yeah. And he's just... The, what what are the what are the options that he has for his response? Oh, the the possible response. Yes. It's uh, what is it? It's yes, no. Uh, please, please come back later. Fuck you, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> just fuck you, asshole. That's <laughs> a fucking weird. The bit when they're in the future and there's the kids just watching the TV and you're like, huh, what's up with that? And then the TV's like busted out Cuts and there's being on fire. fire yeah. and I'm like, that's not being as smart as you thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And um, the machine, Ginger's machine. Yes. You know, her, her voicemail. How she's like, hi there. Ha ha. Funny joke. No, but and she goes, then- no, she goes. You're talking to a machine. She goes, you're talking to a machine. And, and the fucking Terminator is like looking at it. I was like, that's... I always saw what you did there, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's cool. like, machines need love too. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I see. <laughs> Very good, James. Well done. <laughs> Very clever, James. It's, Mr. Cameron. It's Come so here, weird. Pugsley, what a cool idea to have your main character have like a fucking... Iguana chameleon motherfucker as their pet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. That's metal as hell. They're just like, she's a bit of a weird lady. Check it out. Check out how kooky she is. She's got a lizard she's, called Pugsley. She's got a Pugsley lizard. I do like Pugsley, Pugsley as a lizard name. It's a good name it's for a, a lizard. Name. 
But he's only in it like for the first act and then Ginger dies and you never see the fucking thing again. Yeah. What? She just leaves Pugsley. <laughs> Who's feeding Pugsley? She's she's Pugsley's dead. That's that's nerd uh, Sarah has a chameleon. Pugsley's cool dead. Cool Sarah has a dog. Oh, oh my god, she totally replaces Pugsley with the dog. <laughs> oh, the other oh. the other thing, this is this is skipping away, but I just remembered. I the bit with see, that's that's a thing, the with the special effects mm. and the endoskeleton terminator, the there's only a few spots where they use the full shot, and that's where he's has like a full like full body and they've stop motioned it or whatever. Yeah. Um and then the rest of it they use like puppets and stuff. And that actually works really well. Apparently it was an actual metal puppet. Yeah, yeah. Like it was full on fucking all made of metal. Which is kind of kind of slick. It really like I think watching it in twenty twenty, you do get taken a little bit out when they're when they're like running away and closing the door and this thing is like bumping along <laughs> at eight frames a second. But after yeah, almost yeah. completely after that, it's it's just this puppet because fucking solid, yeah. Yeah, because they can they can either obscure the legs or they can obscure the torso, mm. and they just use one or the other. Uh, that worked a lot better because that is that like that like final shot where he's getting crushed. Yeah, that's like a real like puppet with its robot hand around her neck. That's pretty fucking nutso. Also, metal as fuck action line that uh, Sarah Connor gets at the end. There, you're a terminated fucker. <laughs> Love it. So good. <laughs> you see, she's a hardened soldier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From one run-in with Mr. Metal Man, she's fucking gone mental and just gone, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> <sighs> um, also, I did, you know, sword-off shotgun, yep. right? Like, having a sword-off shoddy. Yeah. I... I'm probably... This is going to be the dumbest thing that I've ever said on a recording. You said some dumb stuff. True. But... I didn't realize that they literally saw off the fucking the bit that you know you put your your shoulder up yeah. against. They saw that off, yeah. like actually saw it off. Yeah, that's why. It's and that's what a sawed off shot is. Yeah. I thought they just made them so that they had less. They do make what them is that without part stocks. of the gun called stock. That's it. But they have it, yeah, with less stock. So then it's just called a sawed off shotty, like it looks like it's been sawed off. Yeah, it's just sawed but off then, because then the majority of shotguns are like hunting shotguns that have a full stock on them. Full stock, right? Yeah. So, yeah, odd. Just interesting. Hmm. I was. It was just. Yeah. It was cool to see him actually saw the the stock off. Yeah, and, and I was like, like, wow. Kyle in it. that bit of the film is just like so. Whew, my man is just. Stressing. He's hustling. He's doing. He's yeah. doing whatever he can to get by. That's that was that was mm-hmm. pretty fun. I like that mm-hmm. bit. I kind of. He's Kyle is like a very good character. His acting is not amazing all the time. Crash hot, but yeah, but he's he's pretty convincing. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Do you have any trivia, Douglas? I absolutely have some trivia oh, for you, Jonathan. Trivia, please. Um, this is one that I included just because I I found it interesting. Mm. Um. Arnold Schwarzenegger worked with guns every day for a month to prepare for the role. The first two weeks of filming, he practiced weapons stripping and reassembly blindfolded Mm. until the motions were automatic, like a machine. Ah. He spent hours at the shooting range and practiced with different weapons without blinking or looking at them when reloading or cocking. 
he also had to be ambidextrous because there's a bit where he's in the police station and he's firing the assault rifle in one hand with a shotgun in the other. Oh, yeah. Um, he practiced different moves up to 50 times. He wound up garnering a compliment in Soldier of Fortune magazine for his realistic handling of the guns on camera. Huh. Uh, whereas the magazine usually lampoons movies for their inaccurate depictions of weapons use. Hmm. Now, having read that quote and then talking about the bit that I just talked about, the bit where he's holding like a fucking semi-automatic shotgun in one hand, fires that and gets zero recoil out of it. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. Mm, realistic handling. Well, he's a robot. <laughs> I'm sure. It's not I about. Guess it's not can... about how the. They're talking about like how you use the gun, how you operate the gun. Sure. Not about. Oh you know. yeah, but they were like they were totally like almost you know John Wick bits where he like. He, like, clicks a safety off and shit. And yeah. 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 It, yeah, it is. He's pretty realistic. He does a good job. Um, shows. Within, within shows, the, you know, within the framework of the film where he is a, you know, two-ton robot, robot skeleton. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah, okay. It makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I would have... It would have put me off if he was, like, struggling under the recoil of the guns that he's firing. True. Actually, yeah, now that you say that. You know what? I take it back. You know what? Fair point, Jonathan. I'll just go... Next trivia. <laughs> uh, the beginning of production was postponed for nine months due to Arnold Schwarzenegger's commitment to Conan the Destroyer, which is, I believe you touched on that earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. During this time, James Cameron wanted to be working, but didn't have the time to do a whole other film. He had a talk with some producers at 20th Century Fox who liked his screenplay for Terminator and gave him a writing assignment. This turned out to be Aliens oh. in 1986. Oh, okay. On the same day, he was also asked to write a script for Rambo First Blood Part 2. Which he did, While handling... Yes, he did. While handling these two assignments, he also did additional work for his Terminator screenplay, writing each script at night at a different desk in order to keep the projects apart. Jeez. He calculated how many pages he had to write each night by dividing the total number of pages by the number of waking hours per night. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) He said that he accomplished that by drinking lots of coffee, a habit that he finally kicked after completing Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Wow. Uh, so, fucking say what you will about James Cameron, but man, did he hustle. He's, he's so weird. It's so yeah, weird. Yeah, kooky guy. Because you, you say what you will about James Cameron, mm. but he has some of the highest grossing films of all time. He's, he did... Fucking Titanic. Avatar and Titanic. Yeah. Like... Which only... Which took, like, fucking two decades to get knocked over. (laughs) Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to do, like, 30 films in a row to actually... Other films in order to, yeah, get that many people on board. Yeah. Fucking... And uh, both of those films are individual films. Mm. They're not a franchise. Mm -hmm. Well, Avatar is about to be a franchise, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Touch the subject. (laughs) so fucking stupid. Did (laughs) you know... That uh, O.J. Simpson was up for the role as the Terminator, but didn't make it because no one could buy him as a cold-blooded killer. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh my god! And there's a lot of, in terms of uh, the like the actors they selected, um, there was a lot of bouncing around. Arnold was originally trying for the position of Kyle Reese, oh. but he had so many. I forgot to write down what the film was. Hey guys, future editing Jonathan here. The part that Arnie was talking about 
with James Cameron as the kind of inspiration for the Terminator character uh, is Yul Brenner's gunslinger from the 1973 Westworld. Um, Arnie had a lot to say about the character's uh, just purely machine-like movements where uh, it's never looking down, uh, it's not flinching at, you know, hurting itself if, it, if it's necessary and the way that uses guns and stuff. So that's the reference there. Back to the show. Um, there are so many, um, like he had a lot of notes basically for James Cameron for like, this is how you should make this ro- like imposing horror robot guy. Right. Um, mm. but James Cameron was like, this dude knows how this character should be done so well. We should just cast him instead. Um, which meant they kind of had to change the feel of the film a little bit because Lance Henriksen, who is the second in command police officer was originally supposed to be the Terminator. Oh. So the concept would be that he was someone who would fit into the background really well, just a normal looking guy, just as like an assassin. But he, they kind of swapped it around. It worked out, obviously. Wow, yeah. And that meant that they could have Kyle Reese be this very, like I mentioned before, just a normal dude, like just a normal looking soldier guy, which mm. I think if Arnold was the kind of main character, I think it would have detracted a little bit. It would have that balance of like stakes where this unstoppable force against like your two quote unquote normal people. If Arnold was one of those two normal people, you might not buy it. Yeah. And putting him Mm. as the unstoppable force with a diamond shaped torso works a lot better in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can concur with that. The I did a bunch of reading on the internet movie Firearm Database. Yep. The gun with the like the iconic pistol with the laser pointer on it, because back in eighty four those actually required quite a lot of power. They have a fat fucking battery pack, and it looks like this really slick thing. But there's this this battery pack the size of a Coke can. Jesus. That they had to run up Arnold's sleeve. And then when he wanted to turn the laser sight on, there was a little button in his other hand. Wow. So whenever he's pointing this thing, his hand is down hiding this little push button. Oh, clever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my final bit of trivia, I've kind of overridden your trivia section. Sorry no, go for it. My final bit of trivia is that Carl Reese's appearance in the future, as a future soldier, uh, inspired the aesthetic of Solar Snake from the first Metal Gear and the cover Hey, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Hmm. Sorry, did you have more trivia? <laughs> Damn, Kojima? I did. Um, go but for no, it. That's, I didn't know any of that, so that's really cool. I Wow, Kojima... Took a lot of inspiration from films. He's a little inspiration boy, that Kojima. Yeah. Is he... I think he, there was talk about him doing more film-oriented stuff, wasn't there? It wouldn't surprise me, given his connections. Because his film, his games are already so cinematic anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a such a good tie within the uh, film industry. I'll bet this makes so much sense to people who haven't Absolutely, people that don't Metal Gear. Know, who know who Kojima is. Uh, moving on. <laughs> In James Cameron's original treatment, Sarah Connor has an old figure skating injury that was fixed with a couple of surgical pins. And the Terminator cut the legs open of the first two Sarah Connors to try and find this identifying mark. In the novelization of the story, the pins were instead inserted into her leg after it was broken during her final fight against the Terminator. Skynet knew Sarah had surgical pins in her leg, but not when or why she got them. The Terminator was therefore looking for a sign of an injury she had not yet sustained. 
Huh. Which is fucking... I like that idea. That sounds metal as hell, and I wish they did that. Yeah. That's interesting. That would have been cool. But then you would have had... Uh, you would have had to have Terminator cutting up people's legs, <laughs> yeah. which would have just cemented the film even more R-rated. Yeah, yeah, a bit gross. <laughs> In the film, the name of the nightclub where the Terminator first targets Sarah is named Tech Noir after a film genre which James Cameron coined himself in describing what category this film falls under <laughs> after dismissing the notions that it was a mere horror or slasher film. Nice. Tech noir films like Blade Runner and this film combine the old-style grinniness of noir films with the futuristic elements of a sci-fi thriller. Cameron himself had the club built specifically for the film and had to turn away local club goers who thought Tech Noir was a real nightclub. <laughs> I would totally go there. It looks so cool. The building still exists, but it's now a jewelry store. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to look it up on Google Maps right now. <laughs> Um, the puppet of Arnold Schwarzenegger's face took six months to create. Wow. That's a lot of time for something that looks as bad as it does. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, once again, product of its time type situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Arnold Schwarzenegger's iconic catchphrase almost became, I will be back, because he thought it sounded more machine-like without a contraction. Uh-huh. He also felt "I'll" sounded too feminine. It was the one major disagreement between Schwarzenegger and James Cameron, and all Cameron had to say that was, quote, I don't tell you how to act, so don't tell me how to write, unquote. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Damn, oh, Cameron. Shit, smack them actors down. <laughs> Kubrick, those motherfuckers. <laughs> The Terminator endoskeleton was very heavy and hard for Stan Winston's team to carry, and they found out that building a prop robot out of metal is realistic, but not very practical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. That thing looks heavy as fuck. Heavy as balls, yeah. Uh, Stan Winston, for uh, reference, is the uh, special effects guy who worked on Terminator 1 and 2. He worked on Jurassic Park, Aliens, Wow, Iron Man... Uh, I believe he did some stuff for Avatar as well. Yeah, he's big, big special effects guy, mm, basically. Mm. Um, and I see he, I know he also did uh, Phantom of the Opera, oh. the the TV movie Phantom of the Opera. Does it have lots of special effects in it? Uh, just spe- makeup special effects, oh, okay. basically. Okay. Um, so, like, uh, the Phantom's fucked up face, I would assume. Right. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, I haven't watched The Phantom of the Opera and it had literally never occurred to me up to this point that he had a fucked up face. I thought he just wore a mask because it was cool. Because <laughs> he just... That's yeah, just how I, he rolled. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, we might need to wear a mask when we go out because we're fucking radio stars. Hey. <laughs> I, I was going to try and make a nice segue into the socials, but it didn't work as efficiently as I wanted it to. No, no, cut it. Try again, try again. <laughs> but no, it's not even a good segue. <laughs> so uh, we've got a bunch of social media. I actually spent uh, a bunch of time this week working on our social media. So uh, hopefully it's a bit more cleaned up. Uh, going to try to be, be a bit more fucking consistent on it. Uh, mm-hmm. We have YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook... Uh, all on 250pod, T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H-P-O-D, or one word. That's also our email if you want to go there, 250pod at gmail.com. If you want to send me some hate mail about uh, what that terrible we think segue. of Terminator. And yeah, that segue. Yep. We're currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, Google Home, Amazon Echo. We just got on Deezer as well. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, we're really nice. coming up in the world. We're branching out. Yep, still not on Podbean because I still can't be fucked working that out. 
<laughs> You've said that for like the last three podcasts. We're I like, have. okay, pop in, it's coming. And then every time I do like organizational stuff, I like look at the Podbean website again and it's just like, no, I can't be fucked. Just get upset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you can find us on Letterboxd. Letterboxd is a website for putting down film reviews, basically just documenting what films you watch, when and where. Um, well, not where, but when. You could put down where. There's the description section. Is there? Yeah. There's, yeah. Oh, you go. But uh, yeah, you can find some more elaborated written reviews from me on Letterboxd, um, where you can find them at I-E-N-Z-O-K-N-I-G-H-T. That's Enzo Knight with a K, uh, is my Letterboxd profile. And Jonathan, your profile is? Mine is Upa, that is U-U-U-P-A-H. That's three U's all in a row. Uh, I do haikus because I think I'm clever. (laughs) It's actually pretty cool. I like it still. I said this last time, but my favorite one is still your Casino Royale Royale one. I'm still so cut about Casino Royale, man. You are, yeah. I gotta look for I might just like look at Daniel Craig films and then I can try and trick my brain into thinking that like <laughs> it's kind of like the whole so, um, like the Leo continuity between Titanic and um, Inception and I think that other one oh Great Gatsby oh yeah where yeah. they're just like people are like oh he he gets washed up on the the shore yeah so he like he like survives the Titanic and then he is like uh, a wealthy like a person who came into a lot of wealth and no one knows how but he's like scared of pools and shit like that yeah yeah that's uh scared of pools <laughs> I think well I mean he he does die in one so yeah in Gatsby yeah spoiler <clears throat> alert for Gatsby oh hey he doesn't die whoops. in uh, Inception though does he so does that before or after even more spoilers whoops <laughs> Uh, he doesn't. Okay, <laughs> we say this every time. This is the this is the show where we spoil other films other for you. Other movies, correct a wonder. You're welcome. Baby. Well, it's the spoiler alert isn't for the film that we're currently talking about. It's for every yeah, film, it's for all films. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find all of the links that we just talked about at uh, Linktree. Uh, would you like to talk about Linktree, John? Oh, I mean, it's just like if you've been on anyone's like big Insta profiles, it's. It's just what they use because you can put all your social media in one place. So just go to our Instagram for that, honestly. Uh, you could go mm. to link uh, slash 250pod if you're so inclined. But just go to the Insta. I, we, we fucking talk about all these socials. Just go to the fucking Insta. That's like, that's the key spot where we put everything up. And, you know, if you want to listen to the podcast on YouTube, then you can also do that. But whatever. Actually, you know what? Live your life. Do whatever you want. Yeah, Don't we're not going to tell you how to. We're not going to tell you how to do oh, your God thing. No, do your day. No, pet your cat. How are you going to do your day? I'm going to do my day dirty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I haven't showered today. <laughs> oh, that's oh, a bloody raunchy over here, stinky little fella, <laughs> stinky boy. <sighs> God, I am like just I'm firing off all cylinders this episode. I don't know what's happening. I've been looking at the waveform and it's just progressively like just loud. <laughs> And I, I want to apologize for this podcast. And I promise that the next one, I believe it's Butch Cassidy, yeah? I believe so. Um, going to double check that real quick. It is Butch I, Cassidy. I'm going to be much more mellow for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance <laughs> Kid, I promise. I don't know why. I am just very I like the oddly energy. The energy amped. is nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is what the normalizer effect is for, Douglas. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
bring me out to a nice mellow. Clean you right down to a negative one decibel and everything's everything's golden, everything's good. So I sound like I'm in a cam rather than how I sound right now. Normalizer isn't that bad. Come on, man. Yeah, nah, normalizer, that's good. Well, you're probably fine because you once again have a like legitimate fucking audio interface and I just couldn't... Proper, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd peek in a lot of the shop. mm, Put out them big bucks. Mm. Well, uh, thank you for tuning into the 250. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to seeing you real soon. See you next time. I don't have any, like, dumb rambly shit to do this yeah, time. Yeah, we don't have any... Kind of, well, well, I don't know. It's just, nice to just to just send them off on their way. Just a normal... We don't have to ramble into their ears all the time. Yeah. We just rambled into their ears for, like, an hour. We did. You know what? Let's not overdo it. Okay. End it now. I love Stop you. It. I love Stop you. it. Stop it. Cut it.